episode 80, who knows the hell what, of the Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. With me is the one, the only, the one who's going to say her name right now. Christine. Yeah, you can't miss a cue that good, eh? Yeah, yep, you set me up. Yeah. Set me up to win. Took me 80-something episodes to find the exact way to make that work. <laughs> you know I have a hard time. Yeah, well, it, it's my fault, too, for not recognizing that and not making it easier on you, you know? Uh, Christine, what are we talking about today? We are talking about a movie that I forgot I watched <laughs> from some year called, called Burning Bright. I think it's 2011. Uh, that sounds right. Okay. Sure. We'll and, then, with it. and then a movie from another year that I don't remember called Timer. <laughs> yes. those. That is the best endorsement <laughs> of movies we have ever had on the show. Two movies that Christine watched from years that were in the past. One of which I forgot I saw. Had you seen Burning Bright before? No. Okay. <laughs> but you watched but I, it now watched. and you, you, for, you completely forgot about it. I was like, oh no, what other movie do I have to watch the, the show? Episode. <laughs> what else? What am I forgetting? But then I, I remembered, oh, I already watched it. <laughs> so we have a movie about um, love and stuff and a movie about a tiger stuck in the, yep. trapped in the house with a tiger. Really yep. wish somebody would make that song. But anyway, uh, yeah, n- no theme to the week, um, <laughs> but that's what we got because I wanted to rewatch Timer and Christine wanted to watch the movie that she forgot about. Yep. Worked out well for me. Didn't it? <laughs> so anything new in your life? Uh, I don't you, think so. Did you have a good Valentine's Day? Do you give a shit about <laughs> Valentine's Day? I don't. Neither do I. It's awesome. Um... Was it yesterday? It was oh, day, day before. before. Um, we passed out Valentine's at work, oh, like like children, and I was too busy to care. <laughs> Did you get choo choo choosed at least? I wish I got chosed. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, it was fine. I don't care. Yeah, I didn't do anything. You don't care, right? No, God, no. Uh, which I just don't like for, I mean, I just don't, it's, it's, I, I don't begrudge anybody that does like yeah, I think good it's for you. people make like a night of it and stuff. That's adorable. That's, you know, that's fine. But I just, I don't care. Like, as, as we say that we're like, we don't need a day to tell each other we love each other. Cause we say that to each other every day. Um, and let me tell you, you know, what's, what's great about Valentine's day, the chocolate. In part, yes, because um, there's chocolate like all. Oh around God, you. Lifetime movies. Oh well, always, but those are that's good any day. <laughs> I don't you know. know. I'll tell you what, like you, you try to figure out, um, like here's the benefit of Valentine's Day. Let's say you have to make an appointment, and you're trying to like my dentist um, has weeknight hours. That's why I go to this dentist. And it's usually really hard to get an appointment. I have to pl- call months in advance. But I called like a month in advance and trying to find a weeknight appointment with my dentist. And they're looking through the book. They're like, oh, there we go. We have a day fo- that's totally open, uh, February 14th. And like, then on the phone, they're like, oh, that's Valentine's Day. I'm like, no, 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 that's fine. Yeah, that's great. Totally great. Fine. And it was. And I go to the dentist and there's like no wait. There's nobody there. And like, they're, I'm like, so has it been busy today? They're like, nope. I'm like, well, that's great. So... So there you go. There's your lesson, people. Yeah, weird movies that-, that are long wait on your Netflix queue at the very top and go see your dentist on Valentine's Day. It's just weird to me that people will, like, not do the thing they'll usually do to do something. 
on this particular day. Especially it's, it's a weeknight. Like it's, it, it's and not just a weeknight. It's a Tuesday. Yeah, it's it's tough when it's in the middle of the week like that because yeah. like people don't know to push it back. I mean, I come from restaurants, so like you always want it to be on a weekend night so you can just get it all over with. You don't have to deal with it twice. Right, yeah. But, yeah. I remember nope. a few years ago um, when Brad and I, like in our early stages of courtship before we were living together, like we used to, like we'd get together like during the week, usually have dinner because we, you know, we lived, he lived in Jersey City, I lived in the Bronx, um, which believe it or not is like an hour and a half difference when you don't have a car. And so there was like one week like where it was like, oh, because what night do you want to get dinner? We're like, oh, okay, Wednesday looks good. Let's do Wednesday. And then we realized after we said that, that it was Valentine's Day. And so we're both like, ew, okay, let's move it. <laughs> like, whereas most couples would be like, oh, then we'll make it. Oh, night. that's so For us, sweet. It was like, no, yeah. no, 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 we'll do it Tuesday instead. Yeah. So, wow. um, yeah, I, Valentine's Day did brought nothing new into, into my world. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't have to talk about what we always talk about. What movies you've been watching? Yeah, let's see. I'll get my list up. That's I had it. There it is. Okay, so it's not really that long because most of it's whatever. That's cool. But um, I rewatched my soul to take. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm just laughing maniacally because that's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it you was watch it again. I know. Well, it was it was um our pick for like that. Quote oh, bad unquote movie night. bad movie night, and that that is like that one's bad. But yeah. there's like one or two scenes in the beginning <sighs> where it's staged in a way where you're like, oh man, like I could kind of believe that yeah. Wes Craven directed. Like the scene on the bridge is really yeah. well done. It's that in any other movie, it'd be effective. I don't think that like I don't like the idea of picking a quote unquote bad like a real like a terrible movie like a poorly crafted like mess of a movie right. like that doesn't that's not fun to me. I like to pick things that are interesting mm-hmm. or like anomalies or and that, like, this they tried to be good and for weird reasons weren't. Yeah, or like have shades of something really interesting yeah. or intense going on. So obviously my soul to take is not a wonderful movie, but it's fascinating and it went over really well. So that's that's my uh, One criteria. Of the best things about that. I don't I don't want to spoil it, but like the reveal of the Oh wait, no, where is it in the very beginning? It's in the beginning when you see the character that like was the original murderer, right? Yes. And it's Raul Esparza. Yep. Who is like 5'3". Yep. And then isn't in it again at all. He's in it for like that first intense 50... Like that movie's so like shot out of a cannon, the opening of that movie. It's so fast and so hard to follow. And the people we were with were like... Should I know what's happening? I said no. It jumps like 18 years later. And then it's these kids that are brother and sister, but they're not brother and sister. And one of them has a superpower, I think. Nope. That's different. This is a different God. movie. I, it's so confusing. It's it's where seven children were born On the same, the same night. Yes. They all have the, like parts of this guy's soul. Right, in them yeah, because that makes sense. Kind of like the way Bloody it Birth doesn't, all, It doesn't make sense. You're born, you're evil. No, that wouldn't be right. But. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But yeah, if for some reason you haven't seen My Soul to Take, good, my, good my other favorite story about that movie is when I watched it, because I was trying to watch it for years. Like, I missed it in the theater, obviously. And I was trying to get, like, the, like, I was trying to find it for free. I'm like, I'm not going to pay for this movie. And it was never streaming anywhere. 
And it, I think like the Netflix DVD was like a very long wait or something. Mm-hmm. So finally I saw that the sci-fi channel was airing it. So I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll just record it off of cable. Like they don't usually cut out gore anymore. Like they'll cut out cursing and nudity. But yeah. Not gore. But the funniest thing about watching it is there's they. I realized they were there's a baby at one point, like a newborn baby. And Sci-Fi Channel blurs out the baby nudity. Oh, jeez. Which is just weird. And all of a sudden, whereas, like, you don't think of a nude baby as anything, all of a sudden they blur it <laughs> but out. But then they blur it and you're so like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, stop making me look at this naked like, person. Now I'm thinking naked babies are, like, a weird thing when, like, babies are always naked. Oh, man. Yeah. So another weird thing about that movie. What else have you watched? <laughs> um, last time I said I watched Resident Evil, um... Since the last time I watched two, three, four, and five, okay. did not make it to see the other, the newest oh. one before it left the theater. Though, damn, it's already left the theater. It's been out a week. It's been, I think, it's been a little a bit weeks, longer yeah. than that. It's not in ours anymore. Damn. So, I mean, we might be able to drive and find it somewhere else, but like the super convenient theater we go to, it's not there. Okay. Um. So I might have to wait to rent it, which is a bummer because I was excited to see a Resident Evil movie in the theater because yeah. I'm not sure I've ever, I've ever seen one in the theater. Oh, I saw one, two, and three in the theater. Yeah, I don't think I ever have. Huh. Eh. So, eh, that's a bummer, but I like those movies a lot. So is, um... The, I feel like one of those of the I, I, I remember one, two, and three very well. Four hmm. and five, I can't remember if I've seen which one. There, Six is the new one, right? Six is the new one. Four is the one where they're in the um, the building. Okay, like, four in, in the city. Four is really um, boring, right? Four is way better for me, at least. Hmm. I had I was very lukewarm on on it. It's way better on a rewatch. Okay. Um, for me, five is fucking spectacular. Five is the one where it's like all clone, like all of a sudden yeah. it's yeah. clone sort of. Yeah, I. I've never seen five. I saw parts of it were on. I think the last time we recorded, I had it on mute and that came on. I was like, wow, this looks, I don't know what's going Uh, on, but I'm intrigued. It's it's one of the best looking ones. Okay. Um, So I like four and five a lot. For me, um, two is the, is the, it's just the worst. Two is bad. I can, I can really get into all of them except two. For, I think from now on, I'm just going to skip it. Yeah. I remember being excited about two and thinking like, oh great, you're taking this, like, cause I liked one. Yeah, and so two. I'm like, oh, they're just gonna make it bigger. And two is just—it's goofy. It almost feels like um, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh my god, why can't I think of his name? What's uh, Uli? What's the name of the German director? Oh, I can't say his first name. Yul Yul Bol. Yeah, Yul Bol. There it is. It almost yeah. feels like his it's, movie, which makes no sh- sense. But that's what it's it feels schlocky, like. and everybody yeah. looks rubbery. Yep. But I'm I'm not wild about it. I don't know. You should watch five. Five is really yeah. Um. So we had another quote unquote bad movie night, and someone picked Miami Connection. Oh, that is which good. I had not seen. Oh. Um. So we watched that. What did you enjoy it? I don't know. That's not my style. It's very <laughs> like it, I mean, it's so pure eighties cheese. Yeah. Um. I feel like that would be a good one with a crowd. It was. Had had we for some reason picked it to just watch in the house on like a random Wednesday night, I don't think it would have gone over well. But like with a group of people, there was a lot of shouting over things and then <laughs> someone trying to explain 
the obvious reason this is happening because we just missed it. Um, so it was fun like that. But yeah, I knew what I was getting into. Like, mm-hmm. I think the year I moved here, they had like the big Dragon Sound reunion. Okay. Um, at like Fantastic Fest and they played live or somebody played live and not probably not the actors, but like that main guy probably mm-hmm. did. But like, I was just like, meh, this isn't my, my deal, but I'm glad I watched it finally. Um, I watched the Slenderman documentary. How was that? Of which the name I can't remember. So I just wrote <laughs> Slenderman documentary. Well, people will, will know what you mean. I liked it a lot. I'm really fascinated by that. Um, you know, it's not often two younger uh, girls kill or try to kill a person. Yeah, like that, that's, and that story is, is crazy. It's so it's so upsetting and bizarre and. Ugh, we watched I think like a Dateline or a 2020 about it, but they only um interviewed it was like a celebration of life as opposed to like <coughs> talking about how awful these other yeah. two um young ladies were. At least watch the Law and Order SVU episode about it. Oh man. So like you should watch this documentary if you ever get the chance. Okay. I don't know how we procured it. I think it is on HBO. <laughs> I can I have access to HBO Go until my friend cancels her subscription. Oh fun. Yeah. Sorry, I need some water. That's I'm a little okay. raspy. For in case people have not figured it out, little Christine's a little sick. I'm a little sick. Um, there is stuff in the air that doesn't like Christine and it's being mean to her. Most of it doesn't like no. me. Um, I rewatched Knowing. <laughs> uh, Knowing has like is like one of those movies that has like a brilliant first 45 minutes, right? <laughs> like then. It- Sorry, I'm yelling into the air. Then it turns into aliens it's, and like Yeah, like the first yeah. hour or something is intense and it's this like great scary sci-fi movie. And then it just gets kind of dumb if memory serves. Yeah, I, I, I yes. Um Zach was like, There's this one and this one. They came out around the same time and one's about this and one's about that. And he was like predicting stuff and aliens and I was like, No, that's not knowing and he's like, Yeah, it is. Let's watch it. And I was like, Oh no, you're right. I think I blocked that end part out. What was the other one that it reminded you of or that it I came out? I can't remember what his other um comparison movie was. Okay. Um I'm not sure, but something similar to that. Yeah. And I was like, no, there's no aliens in this. And then there was. Um, I watched a documentary called Enlighten Us. It's about that self-help guy that um, killed all those people in a sweat lodge. Ooh, I don't you know, know about that. No. <laughs> I remember. Up my alley. I remember when it happened. Um, I don't know if we streamed this we streamed this. I don't remember which service, unfortunately. But he was like a self-help guru, and they his like big thing was like, oh, you have to go through the sweat lodge, and you have to just stick it out. Okay, and that was this like, is vaguely familiar. The culmination of like a weekend of like you know self exploration, and like, oh god, a, a, more people than one died. Multiple people died, and it was really upsetting. And the dude is such a fucking narcissist. It's really upsetting to watch because he doesn't understand. Yeah. He keeps talking about like how it affected him, <laughs> like his life now. Uh, it's one of those ones where you'll end up yelling at the screen, like um, people lost their mom. People, it's like a, a human person's dead. Shut the fuck up. So there. 
Okay, I might give it a I go. I guess that's, that's a kind of recommend because it's upsetting. I mean, for me, it kind of is. Yeah, I, I take that. It, it sounds interesting enough to me that um, um, I'll do it. Yeah, it was it was surprisingly interesting. Um, there's a new movie on Netflix. Um, I think it's called like David Brent on the Road, but it's like oh, it's Ricky the, right, the office. office movie. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was real funny. <laughs> nice. I like Ricky Gervais though. So if you're not into that, don't watch it. Um, I saw the Lego Batman movie. What did you think? I've heard uh, it's, pretty good things. It's good for me. It was a little long. Okay. I remember feeling like the Lego movie was a little long. So maybe I just don't have that much of a tolerance for... Like, <laughs> Legos it, can only fill up so much of your mind. Yeah, I feel like it should be like a tight 90 minutes, but yeah. it, it's not. Um, I saw John Wick 2. I still haven't seen the first one because I was not in a place to handle a dead puppy. I understand. Yeah. Is there a... Then we, we talked about this. I think there's no version without the dead puppy, right? I don't think so. Yeah. It's like really important to I the know. story. Yeah, I understand. And then... And then there's a puppy and there's one, but he's okay. Is it yeah, he's okay. Kid? And he's okay for the whole movie? Yep. <laughs> I think they do it on purpose. They oh, celebrate sure they this dog. This dog is like put on a pedestal oh. in this movie. Um, it was the best movie I've seen so far this year. Nice. It was amazing. Um, and then I rewatched Invasion because I'm obsessed with that movie. <laughs> the Nicole Kidman one? <laughs> yes. I saw it just came on Netflix. Is that why? Oh, it, it just was there. Yeah. It's like, let's watch it immediately. I love that movie. <laughs> I, I, that's a movie. I think we we talked a little bit about when when we covered um, Body Snatchers. We talked about it a little bit. It's one that like I I want more from it because I think it has potential to be so much more. And it's clear that a lot was cut. It's clear that that script probably started out much better and kept getting chopped by the studio. Yeah, it's like. There was a whole um, – there's all reshoots and stuff. Like, yeah. they brought new people in. Um, Zach was reading about it after this last time we watched it. They brought people in, and they reshot, like, a lot of that, like, really explicit alien stuff because they didn't – apparently there was an iteration of it. It started off not being, like, an Invasion of the Body Snatchers hmm. remake or a take on that movie. It yeah. was, like, a kind of an original story that, that – nodded a lot to that hmm. um, okay, type of, thing. Kind of like the and faculty. I, I Yes, I want that fucking movie. Yeah. Because there's some... If you go back and listen to the episode, I already talked about this, and I'll probably say the same fucking things. <laughs> there's a lot of interesting shit in that movie. Yep. There's this interesting thing about gender and about class, and, and, and it's not explored as much as it should have been. Hmm. Ugh. God, there's parts of that movie that are the best the best movie ever made. Sadly, the whole thing isn't that way. It happens to the best of them. <laughs> all right, that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Uh, I also have a very small list. Just been busy, been doing stuff, um, been hard, hard to focus when you're scared for the life of your country, um, yeah, been reading been books and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. All those reasons. Um but let's see, for movies, what do I got? I've got Sweet Charity, 1969, with Shirley MacLaine, directed and choreographed by Bob Fosse. Uh, you would hate it, of course. I didn't say it. <laughs> it is very old school musical. I thought you were going to keep going with that statement. Oh, I mean, I think it speaks for itself. Um, I liked this. I didn't love it. I, I wasn't... Like this is you've you've heard some of the songs from this because it says Big Spender, so you know that song, I'm sure. I do know that song. Um, it 
this was it's very of its time which is a good and bad thing um it it all went on too long i thought the pacing was just kind of not great but some of the numbers are really great some of the dancing is fantastic sammy davis jr comes in for a great scene mm-hmm. um and it has a really uh it's i didn't realize this it's based on knights of kiberia the fellini film oh okay and so it has this very kind of sad but yet triumphant bittersweet ending to it um so i'm glad i watched it because it's i like to try to see Mm -hmm. have seen all the musicals and it's one that i think if you're not a musical fan i think you'd have problems with it and even for musical fans the the music isn't the best and shirley mclean isn't the best singer but for a musical of its time it's it's a pretty interesting uh capsule if you will Mm -hmm. um moving on I almost had, like, no movies, by the way, but you know what I had last week? What? I had a motherfucking snow day, bitch. Oh, yeah, I remember. I that forgot. That was exciting. Um, I never have snow days, so this was really exciting, and it was one of those, like, I ended up waking up at, like, what, like, 20 minutes after I would have woken up because I was so excited to have a snow you day? slept in, huh? It pretty much, oh, yes. Well, I get up, I'm like, what should I do? Okay, I'm going to work out. Now what do I do? I'm going to I'm gonna start watching movies until my husband gets up. Um, so one of those movies was uh, the new, the Oscar-nominated Arrival. Oh, okay. I thought you had seen it. I had but not. Thought- I had kept okay. meaning to. I thought about okay. going to the theater to see it, but I just never got around to it. Um, and I happen to have a SAG contact, so I have a couple of screeners on hand. So what did you think? I really loved it. Yeah. You lo- you saw it? Yes. Okay, I can't remember. I, I, feel, I, I think you said you liked it, and then I'm like, okay, stop talking, because I don't want to spoil anything. I liked it. Yeah, I, re- I really liked it. Um, I thought Amy Adams was great, I thought, uh, but I usually like her. Yeah. I liked the the look of it. I liked the the world of it and the tone of it, just visually. And the soundtrack, I thought, was really, really effective. Uh-huh. Um, reminded me a little of many movies. It reminded me, part of just is the design of the aliens, reminded me of Monsters, um, the Gareth Edwards film. Yes, 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 yes. I remember thinking that, too. Yeah. Um, I, I'll tell you later why I paused. Oh. Um, but... Yes, I loved. Okay, so I loved the monsters. I loved everything in that room. I loved all that stuff. I actually really even liked the language stuff. Yeah, me too. But there were th- there were things that just didn't work for me. Okay, okay. Like I can I can probably imagine what they were. Yes, we can talk off air so as not to spoil it. Ooh. Uh, I also because I am nothing if not a classy broad. I it's followed true. up watching an Oscar-nominated film with uh, Graydon Clark's 1988's movie about a killer puppet cat, Uninvited. <laughs> That's not even a real movie. No, you just made that up. I've, like, known about this movie forever. For a long time, it used to be very... I don't know that it's ever been um, released formally. Uh, mm-hmm. But, like, I remember learning a couple of years ago that, oh, yeah, you know there's a, a killer cat movie from 1988 uh, set on a boat and George Kennedy is in it. And it was one of those movies that, like, I'm sure you do this. There are some movies and some books that you put on your list, but you're, like, saving them for a really special day. And, like, you have them in your hand, but you're like, no, 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 it's not the right time. I need it to be the right time. Like, maybe it's going to be when I am retired and in my assisted living home when I'm going to finally watch this movie. Um, But that time came when it was a snow day. And this is a terrible movie. 
Uh, <laughs> it's terrible, great, it's or like, great. like okay. it's, I mean, it's terrible. It's, this is a bad movie. Uh, it is a cat is being tested on in a lab, and the cat escapes, and uh, it ends up being picked up by like a bunch of uh, college kids on spring break. And the college kids on spring break end up on the boat of a mobster yep. whose like main henchman is George Kennedy. And George Kennedy just hates everything in this movie. And it's amazing. Um, and the cat has been like genetically messed up. And the cat basically occasionally opens his mouth and a sort of goblin puppet jumps out of it and attacks people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really not good, but it's very. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. It's, it's not good, but yet it entertained me way more than it should. Uh, so that is that. It is on Amazon Prime. If you Ooh. so desire to spend, uh, you know, ninety minutes with puppet cats. Um, also watched uh, Captain Fantastic, another Oscar-nominated film. This is Viggo Mortensen. Oh, that one. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So Viggo Mortensen plays a off-the-grid dude with like five or six, I actually couldn't count them, kids. And he's raising them to live off the grid and, you know, mm-hmm. not conform to society and not follow capitalism or so on. So this is – Viggo Mortensen is nominated for Best Actor. He's fantastic in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he is great. He is his usual great self, uh, including a scene where he is full frontal naked. I'm putting that out there for the ladies uh, and men. Uh, but and this is not. But this is this is a good movie. This is a well made movie. All the acting is great. Um, Frank Langella is in it. Uh, Anne Dowd is in it. It's a really good cast. Um, the little, the young girl from Oculus is one of the kids, and she's great. Oh, that's fun. Um, really well-acted movie, really good-looking movie. I kind of hated this movie. Really? Yeah, and I'm very curious if listeners have watched it, because I think a lot of people really... it. And I this is a movie that I think, had I watched it oh, maybe 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago at this point, I would have loved it. Mm-hmm. Um. But now, in my hardened mid-30s, when I see characters like this, I just think, you're not poetic, you're an asshole. Yeah. And that's really how I felt about this character, and I thought he was... uh, And I I couldn't tell if the movie agreed with me or not, because it it seemed like at times it was starting to, where it was starting to say, like, you know what, yeah, this is a fucked up way of living, and this man is not a hero. But then it doesn't follow that track the way I was hoping it would. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm glad I watched it. I would not not recommend it to anybody. Um, and, but I'm, I, I think this is just going to be like one of those movies that I'm always going to agree to disagree with on people. But again, it's, I'm saying that not about necessarily, not the filmmaking, but maybe the thesis of the film, if you will, mm-hmm. I disagreed with. So I don't know. If you watch it and then tell me what you think. Curious. Where did you get it from? Uh, a disc on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was gonna I say. I have a DVD. I forget. I forget sometimes. DVDs. I have Hell or High Water waiting for me. Look at me getting all classy and Oscarish. Um, <laughs> along those lines, another movie I watched. I finally finished the Lifetime adaptation of the V.C. Andrews novels. Yep. Great. Of yesterday. The final chapter in the Dollinger series. Um, this was, might have been, this was the second trashiest. This is the Flowers in the Attic series. Um, this one is really fucking trashy. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so anybody out there, if you have not already watched these and you're a V.C. Andrews fan, do yourself a favor and watch them because you'll enjoy them. Trust me. And then the last thing I have to say is that I went to the theater, Christine. What did you see? I saw Split. Oh, did you like it? I, I saw did. it too. I did. Oh, I think you would really like it. Oh, interesting. Um, but I'm, I'll be very curious to hear what you think. Uh, can I James ask Ma- a question? You can ask me a question. Is it, does it take place in the, um, the same universe as Unbreakable? Glug, glug, glug. I'm drinking water because I don't know if I should answer that. Oh, fuck you! Okay, don't answer it. That okay. was a good. That was a good answer. Okay. Um. Yeah. It. I. I think I liked the visit more. Just yeah, I, I think liked the visit, visit really. I connected with the visit really well. I think you yeah. did too. Um. But this. This is good. The James McAvoy is great, and he's. I mean, this is like the showiest performance an actor can ask for is when you get to play a character with multiple personalities. Mm -hmm. But he does it really well. And it, I mean, he goes for it, but it doesn't feel like he's overreaching the way I think some actors would. Mm. Um, The girl from the Vavitch, I forget her name. It's a hyphenated name and Taylor Vincent Malay something. I don't know. Um, She's great. She's also fantastic in it. Really like her. I'm excited to see her kind of like become like the next Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and this it's, it's good. Um, I, yeah, I liked it. I, again, didn't, didn't love it. It left me a little bit. I don't, I, I don't know if I wanted more or what, um, but I think you'd like it and I would recommend it to people and it's doing well. And again, I'm glad to see it doing well. Cause this is yeah. a, whenever <clears throat> a, you know, genre film comes out, that is not a sequel. That is not a remake. That is something fresh. Um, you, you have to kind of be positive when you see that it's found an audience. So good on that. Um, and then I am still continuing Friday night lights. I finished season three and I will say that it finishes much stronger than it starts. Oh, that's good. So you're enjoying it like you're really in? I am. And now season four, they kind of do like a very big makeover because a couple of the cast members have left. Um, And so now it's new people and a new kind of setting in a way. And it's kind of ridiculous the the way they've suddenly said like, oh, here's the other side of town that you never saw Mm -hmm. for years. But so far they've introduced a lot of interesting dynamics. So I'm excited to see how that will play out, if you will. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I got. That's pretty good. Yeah. So on that note, um, do you know, do you have a preference on what to cover first? Um, no, I don't care. All right. Why don't we start with the Tiger movie? Because I think we will have less to say about it. Okay. I could be wrong about that, but you know, there. I, I don't know. There's tigers. That's. We'll 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 talk about tigers. We'll How long can you talk about a tiger, though? We'll I guess find we'll find out. We will be right back.
and ten, Burning Bright, written and uh, no, I lied about the written part. Directed by Carlos Brooks from a screenplay with like five different people associated with it. Yes. Um, <clears throat> this is not. It's on Amazon. I rented it on Amazon. I'm not sure how you watched it. I went to a video store. Ooh, look at you! So I tell know. me first why you decided to watch this movie. Um, in 2010, I was on a podcast that would do a segment where they would read a list of like new things out on DVD that week, and this was one of them, and I have not stopped thinking about it <laughs> ever since. And I, I for, for a minute, I forgot the name. I kept calling it Tiger House. But I think there's a movie called Tiger House. Oh my god, this should have been called Tiger House. Tiger House been? Party. Oh, so I got it in my head, and like, I would make jokes about watching it, and then I real, I think I, like, thought I was making it up, so I found it on IMDb, and then realized who was in it, mm-hmm. um, which is the person whose name I can't say. Brianna from- Evigon or Garrett yeah. Gillahunt. Yeah, Tiger House is a legit movie. That's a, <laughs> it is a, a real movie. movie. With it's legit got- tigers in it. I don't know if it has tigers in no, it, but it's real- got... I didn't think they were. Those are real tigers. They're never, apparently they never film the tigers <sighs> and the actors together. Anytime there's a tiger and actor in the same frame, it was then, like, digitally put together. But those are real tigers. The whole time. (sighs) Yes. So, Tiger House. I mean, Burning Bright. (laughs) Yes. So, that really great lady from Step Up in one episode of Fear Itself is in this movie. So, I said, you know what, Self? It's time to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. And I did. All right. So... It's not a that shit synopsis too please tell the people what this movie is about i don't know should i actually say what it's about or should i should i read the synopsis on imdb because it's crazy <laughs> but basically it's about <laughs> i can't even say it it's about this girl whose mom is dead mm-hmm. and her stepdad's a dick and her little brother is autistic, I guess. Yeah, but that's he's also not kind of a dick. That's not what autism really looks like. This is like about so. <laughs> so then there's this. So then, Dad's like, "Hey, I'm Garrett Dillahunt. I'm gonna get a tiger, and I'm gonna start a zoo thing." Yep. But. But am I really, or is this just a cover to let a tiger go loose in the house so maybe it'll eat my kids or my stepkids? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, IMDb synopsis. A thriller centered on a young woman and her autistic little brother who are trapped in a house with a ravenous tiger <laughs> during a hurricane. You forgot, I, you did forget to mention the hurricane. So, yeah. So tell me that that's not the best fucking synopsis for a movie you've ever heard in your life. It really is. Like, I was thinking about this. I'm like, you know what this movie is missing? This movie is missing one thing. This movie is missing a character with asthma or diabetes. But you have the autistic kid. You have the autistic kid. So you have this autistic kid who, and again, we're like speaking about this autistic, the autistic kid in this particular movie who's like the kind of extreme autistic kid in movies where... Um, 
you know, it's like there, like there's, there's no spectrum. Like he's at the very end of the spectrum. He can only, uh, like everything is very regimented, and he doesn't make eye contact. And when there's a tiger in the house, he like doesn't seem to give a shit unless he gets a sandwich kind of thing. Um, yes, so you got that you got the storm, you get a tiger, but it's like you really are missing like. And we have to get out before my insulin runs out. Exactly. You <laughs> need to add that in here. Like some kind of timer yes. going off. Yeah. Um, at one point I said, I don't think tigers or autism works that way. <laughs> this this movie doesn't make any sense. So first of all, I, I mean, I, I do not have autism myself. I do have, you know, people close to me that are autistic. I will if if you are autistic or you you know someone that is has autism and thinks that this is a good depiction. I'm sorry, I have no right to speak like this, but my God, this was such an offensive version of autism. This kid was so like laughably dumb. That's what a what a silly way to portray like an entire you know, grouping of individuals. There's no nuance to it. They hit that character over the head with a hammer. Yeah. It was awful. <laughs> they do. And that fucking tiger. That tiger. What, what was the problem with the tiger? Ti- he like, with the cell phone? Like, what the fuck, tiger? Well, remember, they establish, okay, first of all, you forget who <laughs> sold him the tiger. Did you recognize Shit. who sells him the I, tiger? I do. I did, but I don't remember now. Is it, um, why did I say it's not Stacy Keach, is it? No, it's not Stacy. <laughs> what's what's in my head right now? I, I was about no, to try to sing to give you a hint. That's just he's, be painful for all involved. Whoever it is, is, okay, yeah, he's uncredited. He is and uncredited. I was, and I was like, I, oh, meatloaf don't need meatloaf. no credit. He's meatloaf. I know we all knew. So meatloaf sells him this tiger that hates cell phones. Well, I forgot you're right. Like, they remember say when that. he sells it to him, he's like. Uh, you know, you got to teach Tiger who's boss. The way you do it is you starve the you tiger. You don't feed him. Yeah. So the tiger hasn't eaten in two weeks. This tiger is going to eat anything, whether it be a cell phone or an autistic kid. But, like, the cell phone falls. So they, of course, they zoom in on the cell phone and you're like, okay, she's going to need to get to the cell phone and she's not going to be able to. They actually make that whole bit pretty short. But then she drops the cell phone and the tiger, like, breaks it with its face. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Tigers have big faces. I, they do. They smush them up against cell phones. Um, yeah, they're trapped in this house during a hurricane. So it's right. all... The house has been all boarded up. Yes. Yes. So can we spoil this movie? Um, uh, yes. Because I think it's, it's... like I mean, this movie is a 90-minute trapped in a house with a tiger movie. Um, so guys, like, we're going to spoil it. Yeah, but Garrett Dillahunt, first of all, doesn't look very good in this movie, which is a disappointment because he's super handsome. But anyways, so he – this is all a ploy, right, to get the kids' insurance money, the insurance money. Yeah, you find, you know, um, Brianna Evagolf – actually, I'm going to start calling her by her character name in this movie because you know what her character name is? Yeah. Kelly Taylor. Which is a nine, which is Kelly Taylor, 90210. Oh, I didn't get that that reference. that was very distracting to me. Um – so Kelly Taylor discovers the insurance paperwork where yes. if both of them die, daddy's going or stepdaddy is going to get like half a million or $250,000 or half a million actually, I think. But he'd also killed their mom, right? That yeah, and that's stupid. <laughs> Cuz um oh, right? Yeah, they established from the beginning that the mom committed suicide. 
Yeah. And like, that's fine. Like, cause it kind of gives this character a lot of, <laughs> Um, urgency. This character, because you know, Kelly's is has gotten to college, which keeps deferring her scholarship because she has to take care of her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you add to this that you know the mother killed herself, so the mother left them basically. And like, there's there's like a lot of weight to that, I think. And then like it gets thrown in because never in the movie am I thinking he killed the mother. That never crossed my mind. And then the very yes. last scene. Um, the storm is over, uh, the, how does it, oh no, Gary Dillahunt comes into the house, like, expecting to find, like, the corpses of these kids, and instead he sees them there, and they're like, or, or Rihanna Evagon's like, you know, I know that, I know what you did here, I know what you were trying to do, and then he's like, yeah, also I kill your mom. <laughs> yep. Right? Yep. Like, it's so, it, it's a really, um, because I like, I like this movie in part because it's just a stupid setup, but yet I find it enjoyable because it's so kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But that the first time I watched it, I don't even I didn't even remember that. Like I watched this when it hit DVD a couple of years ago because everybody was talking about it. Yeah, and watching this entire movie, I did not remember at all that he killed the mother until like. So I was surprised the second time around when he's like, "Yeah," and also I was, you know. <laughs> I didn't let I killed your mom. Like it's, yeah, they well they gloss over it. It's weird because as soon as he says it, it's like oh, what? And then he gets mauled by a tiger. Yeah. Um, oh man. Yeah. Which I I like the again. There's like weird things I like. Very odd, weird little things I like. Like the kind of I like that the tiger eats him, but that they're able to like walk out. And there's sort of this like moment of like justice and tiger getting them and respect and stuff um i like that there's never anything weird sexually between the stepdaughter and dad yeah because it could i mean he's a piece of shit and it could have very easily had him making comments that would have been very uncomfortable but like nope that's never a thing don't worry about it um but yeah, I killed your mom. It's stupid. Oh, it's it is. really stupid. It's very forgettable, and they really do gloss over it. Yeah. yeah. It's like a we- It's one of those things where like, you almost wonder if that wasn't part of the plan the whole time. And they got to the end, they're like, ah, uh, you know, let's make you even worse. Yeah, actually. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, we don't really want to leave these kids with a mother that committed suicide. But, like, no, no like, they would have been fine. Like, they got through it. Yeah. Already. Like, they're, they're strong kids. Uh... <laughs> Oh boy! Um, I was very. I, on one hand, I was pleased. The other hand, I was angry. The movie ends during the credits. Um, there is a statement about autism, and mm-hmm. then there's a statement about tigers being endangered, mm-hmm. which is like nice. It's fine, except they they didn't don't know how to use their apostrophes. So it's like since the you know in all of the 1900 apostrophe s, uh-huh. and that pisses me off. I get very angry when. That you're doing something like credits where you should have just a copy editor somewhere looking yes. and correcting things and you just what didn't pay them that day it bothers me. Anyway. I agree. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what more is there to say about the, the tiger movie with tiger? I don't know if I have anything. It was at this, uh, it was somehow worse than I expected, but better than I expected all at the same time. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I can. That's a very good way of describing it. I, think. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, why? How that's possible? 
But yeah, um, uh, I'm I mean, glad I, I watched it. anybody that says, I'd like to make a movie and I'm not going to have a big budget, but I really want to make this movie. What's your movie about? You have this great idea. What's the idea? Tell me. Uh, it's about kids being stuck and trapped in a house with a tiger. Yep. <laughs> like, that's, you know, hey, I would, if, if I was a producer, I would say, okay. Gutsy. Here, here's a million dollars. Right. It's, a, it's a gutsy move. It's a gutsy idea. Uh, I'm looking at the IMDb um, message board, and the first uh, subject heading is, worst movie idea ever? <laughs> yep. And then the next one, seriously, okay, does the tiger die? Which, oh, does the tiger die? No. Well, I mean, I'm assuming that the tiger is going to be put down when yeah, because I mean, it called in and they find it. It mauled that man. It did maul Garrett Dillahunt. I mean, he deserved it, but well, yeah, but the tiger is going to get in trouble maybe for the that. Tiger will maybe they'll leave the door open. I don't remember if they left the door open. Maybe the door stays open and the tiger's just like later and like walks out and then he might maul somebody else. There's really no good maybe way this can end. Everyone's really irresponsible. <laughs> the um. It's funny on The Walking Dead because you're you're not you don't watch it anymore, right? You're yeah. Not current. There's yeah. a character who has a tiger who has a pet tiger. Okay, cool. And like that's pretty cool. And like the the other part of that's like, oh, I bet the tiger's gonna die. Like, there's no way the tiger's not gonna die. At some point, the tiger's gonna die, right? Um, mm-hmm. But the thing is, the tiger is so horrendously obvious. Like, it's not a terrible CGI job, but it's so obviously CGI. That I'm like, no, keep showing me the tiger because now I so don't care if this tiger gets killed because that's obviously a CGI tiger. Like, yep. I've lost any investment I had in this tiger because you really, really faked it out. Um, but, I mean, the tigers in this, like, again, they're real. Like, I, I could have believed they were CGI just because, I don't know, tigers are kind of awesome creatures that look like CGI on their own. Yeah, um, I mean, the tigers did look pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm fine with the tigers, other than the cell phone. But <laughs> if that tiger didn't like cell phones, I guess not. Um, yeah, the uh, it's one of those things in life. Like you, you can plan for a lot of things, right? Like you can plan for there. You know, the time may come when I am shipwrecked. If I'm, if I ever take a boat in life, I have mm-hmm. to think I could be shipwrecked. Um, yes, if my plane could crash and I could be trapped on an island somewhere. Uh, an intruder could come into the house and I could be like, have to try to outsmart him. Now, apparently we also <laughs> have to plan for my stepfather may take a yep. big life insurance policy out on me and lock all the doors. And I may be trapped in the house with a ravenous tiger. Honestly, I'm surprised that hasn't happened to you yet. To me, it's a very good point. Like, I don't know how I've managed to make 35 without it happening. Yep. Yeah. Burning bright, man. Burning bright. Oh, burning bright is what it's called. <laughs> um, oh my! Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think you nailed it when you said like it's it's better than it should be and worse than it should be. <laughs> it's so so strange. Yeah, but I, I did immediately forget about it. So. It's what's funny is I'm th- like when you said like t- you, t- we wanted to watch this I'm like yeah I'm like I remember liking that movie that sounds good and this movie started and I'm like wow I kind of don't remember anything about this movie and yeah. yet this is a movie about being trapped in a house with a tiger I have never mm-hmm. seen a movie like this there is no movie that has a similar synopsis I don't exactly. remember this movie <laughs> the 
synopsis is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's very ambitious. I like I like how ambitious it is. I like how it remains self-contained. Mm-hmm. I like that even though it is a movie about a tiger trapped in a house with two kids during a hurricane, it's never really over the top. No. There's so there's so many things to like about it, but yeah. then in the end it's just kind of like bleh. Yeah, it's a good point because at one point I look at the time, I'm like, oh, there's only about 15 minutes left, so we're near the end. Oh. Like, we haven't had those big things that happen. We haven't exactly. had, like, yeah. like they're, they're, she gets bit at one point or scratched, but that's it. Like, there's no, you know, like, the injury isn't bigger. There's no, that one person that ends up stuck in the house that ends up eaten to kind of show how tough this uh. tiger is. <clears throat> um there's like she gets out of the house at one point and that's that's actually one thing tell me am i crazy she it seems as though the timing of this movie was very bothersome to me okay because it yes yes i know right? exactly she's going yeah. to bed she is brushing her teeth right she's in her pajamas mm-hmm. and then this tiger shit happens and meanwhile garrett dillahunt's at the bar and by the time this tiger shit has stopped happening, it's like daytime. Was this but the problem is like the one time you see her trying to get out, it's light outside. Yep. Like what time does she go to like I go to bed at like nine thirty. I'm not one to talk, but like I don't think she goes to bed at four PM in the afternoon. No, we observed that too, that there okay. was something weird with the time. Yeah. Because I tried to justify it by saying, like, well, it's a hurricane, it's in the middle of a hurricane, maybe it's just really dark and then really light in the eye and all that stuff, but it still didn't work. Right, because it's like with it's that, pure daytime throughout yeah, the Yeah, even even with that justification, it, that timing the timing seems a bit weird. Yeah, and, and so it's just it's a messy thing. Yeah. Um it's this. I don't think this was this director's first film. Uh, he's made a few things. Let me see. He has made. God, IMDb. How many ads do you have to shove at me? IMDb has been really hard to. Are you using it on a phone or the desktop? On the desktop. Yeah, the phone's been really bad. It's just as bad on the desktop because they have those gigantic ads that I. <laughs> I, I get you have to make money somehow, but it doesn't have to inconvenience me. Uh, this was his second film. He made something called Quid. Quid pro Whoa, wait a minute. He made a movie Quid with Vera. Pro- oh, whoa, I, I can say never it. say that. It's, that's a tongue twister to me. Prid quo. Prid, I can't do it. Prid quo pro. Damn it. <laughs> I give up. But anyway, his other movie had a really good cast. Huh. His other movie, um, Q, QPQ, as I like to call it, uh, yep. starred Nick Stahl, Jessica Hecht, um, Pablo Schreiber, and a little actress named Vera Farmiga. Oh, really? How old is that? 2008. A semi-paralyzed radio reporter is sent out to investigate a story that leads him into an odd subculture and on a journey of disturbing self-realization. Whoa! That also sounds very high concept. It does. I'm I'm curious just because of the cast, because I'll watch anything with Vera Farmiga in it, but... uh. Yeah, like, and I kind of want to see him learn more, I guess. Yeah. Because um, it does feel like an early movie from a director where, like, again, big idea, some things really well done, others not so much. Mm-hmm. And I think another kind of 
thing that I didn't notice the first time, but I did really notice on this time. Something I think is very important in a, in a movie is establishing that film's geography and where everything yeah. is. And when you're setting your movie entirely in one house and you're trapped in that house and that ha- – like you – it's kind of a shame that I didn't know the layout of that house, and I really should have. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I agree. Like, they show a dumb waiter. You see that it comes down to the laundry room, okay, um, or a laundry chute, whatever it is. But there's so – like, I didn't know where the living room was when they're – when she – like, they're running through different rooms. They don't give you a good – No, you're completely right. Yeah. Yeah, and I kept – like, I would get confused as to what floor they were on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, again, something that – in a movie like this, and that's why I always say like The Conjuring works so well in part because of that. Because yeah. that movie gives you the entire layout of where you are. And it's really amazing how then you realize when you're watching that movie, you know where to look and where everybody's bedroom is and mm-hmm. where this thing is coming from. Because you're now in this house. And, you know, this movie doesn't do that. It just doesn't establish it well. So another uh, shot against it. I agree. All right. Do you have more to say about Burning Bright? Or are you I don't think I do it? have anything else to say about Tiger House. All right. <laughs> oh, it should have been called Tiger House. Tiger there, House but there's movies. a movie called Tiger House. Yeah, but there's a, oh, come on. There's a movie. Like, how many movies are there called Last Night or Scream or anything? Well, King Kong. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Or quid pro quo. I did it. I said it. Yes. You did it. Woo. Hey. All right. Uh, quality of film on a scale of one to ten. How good is this movie, Christine? Five. I'm going to say 5.75. Nice. Quality of life. This is, a, this is a really hard one. Five. On one hand, this lets me say, I got to, I watched that movie about the Tiger House. Oh, that's true. On the other hand, I'm like thinking, and I've seen this movie before. And I, this, and I thought I liked it. And watching it again, it like <laughs> I thought I liked it. Yeah, like I remember thinking fondly on it, possibly because I think everybody's expectations were so low for this movie. And watching it again, it wasn't like, oh, this isn't that good. It was more like, a, wow, I don't remember this that well. Like it, it just is a for a movie with this crazy concept. It's yeah. not that unique, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a good way to put it as well. Yeah, so I think I'm going to stick with a five. I'm going to also go five. Because it, I don't know, I guess I'm, I almost, like it hasn't improved or hurt my life in any way. Yeah. And I guess if I think about it, there's a part of me that almost wishes I haven't seen the movie about being trapped in the tiger house. Because then I would always think, wow, I wonder about that movie about, like, that must be amazing being trapped in the tiger <laughs> yep. house. You know, but now I know that like, that's nah, all right. Like, what's it like being trapped in a tiger house? Eh. It's really confusing to figure out what kind I mean, of day it is. You'll you'll get through it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's 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 Tiger House, everybody. Woo! Let's, we did it. Yay! We'll take a break and come back and talk about timer. back to talk about 2009's Timer, written and directed by Jack Schaefer. 
Jack Schaefer is, I guess, it stands for something like Jacqueline. Jack is a female, which I did not realize until I was reading interviews and discussion about the movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I, it's funny. The first time I watched this movie, I, I wondered, because I'm like, <laughs> this is the kind of movie, like, it feels like the female characters are written so well that I, you know, surprise, it's written by a man. And then mm-hmm. I realized that, you no, know, Jack Schaefer probably just took the rest of her name off so that she could get more work because we know what happens oh, to be yeah. anyway uh, this is on Netflix Instant Watch so it is there yes. for you to watch uh, we had both seen it once before am I right about that? yes Okay. you are uh, right? Yeah, I usually am uh, Christine tell the people at home about this movie okay so this movie is there's something I'm going to tell you about this movie <laughs> I don't feel well, but but what I'm going to say is this. If you don't approach this movie from a sci-fi angle, you probably won't like it. I think you have to accept the concept of this movie, plain and simple. It it exists in a world. It's not just our world with this thing in it. It's it exists in a world where this is reality. Maybe it's our world in the future. Maybe it's a divergent timeline, but it's. Yeah, I I would say it exists in a world where this is the reality and it's been the reality for the last, what, 15 years? 15 years, yes. So it is kind of our... Our, like our present like it's it's as if everything else in the world is exactly as it is except 15 years ago somebody figured out this technology but you have to be accepting of the fact that that has impacted and they allude to it yeah. but if you're not paying attention that you have to understand that that's going to impact the way people approach relationships and interactions and well, if you don't accept Christine, so basically the movie. so basically it's because it doesn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It's basically a thing that gets implanted on your wrist that begins to count down if you and the other person both have it. It counts down to when you're going to first meet. But it may it, like your soulmate. It doesn't. But it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because it that then it's magic. That's magic. Well, I it's a magic. Like the movie, it doesn't harp on explaining it just kind of says has something to do with your body chemistry um and we have a night i think they say it's a 98 percent satisfaction rate Mm -hmm. uh and there's a little bit of questioning not specifically for the technology but for um a character saying how much of that do you think is um biology and how much of that do you think is self-fulfilling prophecy yes so there is that like idea that well maybe it is that now that we know this is the way you meet your partner that we all are so believing of it that no matter what we're gonna subscribe to that and i actually really like the way the movie um gives you this it's also like my favorite way of doing sci-fi which is to take one aspect of the world and change it Mm -hmm. and and I think it does that really well, where it's just everything else about the world is what it is. But as you're saying, people are going to act differently if this is now the way that 90% of the world uh, views relationships. They view it as you can do, you can fool around however much you want. You can, you know, choose to live. Some people choose not to get one. But mm-hmm. if you get a timer, when it's, you know, at some point, if it counts down... 
you know, that is when you were going to meet, quote unquote, your soulmate. I think the movie asks a lot of questions about that. And I do eventually want to get into the ending because I think it's really, it really complicates things. Um, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right that you have to accept that in this world, this is just the way it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us <clears throat> our characters. Well, one of them is Emma Caulfield. Mm-hmm. Her name is Una in this movie. Um, I like her a lot. I love her. She is, she is good in this movie. She is fantastic. <laughs> um, there is also her sister, mm-hmm. whose name I can't remember in this movie. Uh, her sister's name is... Oh, God, how do I not remember her sister's name? Um, uh, uh, damn it, I'll look it up. Um, her sister was on a great episode of Law Order SVU. Uh, it's the coffee episode where it's the coffee baron, father and son, and she's the lawyer who kill, who kills herself and the coffee son at the end of the episode. Yep. <laughs> Steph. Her name is Steph. Oh, her name is Steph. So, I mean, and then there's also a cute boy in it named Mikey. Mikey? I Who did you recognize? I didn't recognize him, but I'm like, he looks really familiar. He looked really familiar, and I couldn't remember if it was just because I had already watched the movie. He had has a really exciting early credit that, that I was like, well, that must be what I remember him from. He plays the young 13-year-old Ashton Kutcher in The Butterfly Effect. Oh, yep. Right? Yep. I just rewatched that I somewhat like that recently. Movie. I will defend um, it. Yeah, well, it's it's a movie. Um, there's a lot of people in this movie. Yes, I would Mickey call Harrington, it... yes. Joe Beth all, Williams is... Oh, uh... Saul Bullcast is the mom. Yeah, it's got a lot of people. It's it's as much about true love and finding love and relationships with people as it is relation, about relationships with family and mm-hmm. just with everybody, which is nice because it is a sappy, lovey-dovey relationship story movie but in the best way it doesn't it 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 basically una so okay so she got the thing implanted on her wrist but it's it's like there's no time on it there's it's blank because the her her person hasn't gotten it implanted on their wrist so she becomes obsessed with finding the guy that doesn't have one yet so that that he can get one and then that she can start like she can figure out who this person is so it's really you know running her life and her sister has the opposite problem hers is like she won't meet the person for i don't know some absurd amount of time I think the countdown she's going to be in her mid 40s by the time she meets him <laughs> so she's just like kind of aimlessly wandering around and it's 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 fun because every time you get angry with the movies or the movie or the characters and you're like oh she should just be like you can have a really meaningful relationship with somebody in in 4 years she should just mm-hmm. like it, the, the movie addresses it every time you feel away the it addresses it head on <laughs> excuse me and I and I appreciated that because it wasn't just a thoughtless, stupid, shallow film that would say, "Oh, because this woman won't, you know, find her tr- her one until her forties, she should she should feel bad." It's it's it, it goes on to say, "Well, maybe she should focus on her personal relationships, or maybe she should find love and joy where she can." Like. It's it's really it's a really good movie. Yeah, it is, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a really good movie. I love this movie. Um and it's like we we talk like neither you nor I are 
like would ever put like romantic comedy on our list of favorite <laughs> genres. Um, but I think we can both appreciate the really good ones. Uh, and I mean, a movie is a movie, and if it's a good movie, I'm going to enjoy it. And I think this, like, there's there's a lot of reasons that I really, really dig this movie. Um, and one of them is, like you're saying, is the way it is not just... And you can't... To call it a love story is very... Is, like, a really misleading description, because what is the central romance mm-hmm. of this movie? Ultimately, and, like, the characters even kind of say it, like, look, the most important person in my life is my sister. Yeah. Um, and I, like, that was the thing that I think I really was attracted to the first time I watched it. I'm like, this is a movie that has, that lets these women be friends and be sisters and fight Mm -hmm. and make up and all of these things that are really nuanced. And I think I love the uh, specificity of the characters. Yeah. Um, like Una is an orthodontist and she's, you know, clearly successful and you get the sense that, you know, she is very type A. She has, her life is very organized. Um, she's very well put together. And so you can see both why she handles her situation the way she does and why her situation has in part made her who she is. Um, and there's something like, and part of it is Emma Caulfield, I think, is just really good in this part. Yeah. But I think it's also, it's like one of those things when you, like the whole if you want to make a character relatable, like don't make them universal, give them those little specific ticks that make that person like a real person. Mm -hmm. And I feel that way about this character. Like, you know, as soon as they show her like getting up every morning and going running, it's like, Oh yeah, of course she would do that. Uh, And the relationship with the sister, I think it's, it, it goes in part to like a bigger question. The movie asks about, relationships because you have a couple of different examples of relationships that have worked in for the most part worked in this movie mm-hmm. and one of them is uh their parents so una's mother joe beth williams is married to steph's father the dad from my so-called life yes exactly uh, I couldn't have explained it better exactly. myself. And so, and there are different gender, and they even talk about like how the the timer, like when it came in their lifetime. And so, Joe Beth Williams had been married to Una's father, and the timer was introduced like midway through their marriage, and like the idea of suddenly saying like being arguing with your spouse and saying, "Well, there's a way to decide whether we were meant to be together or not." So, if you get a timer, you know. And that when she talks about her husband. Like, we see that they seem happily married. Um, yeah. Like, they've raised a happy family. Uh, but there's almost, like, you almost wonder at one point, like, it's that they almost seemed more uh, important as a couple because of their kids mm-hmm. than them. Like, the way she says, like, weren't you two were made to be sisters. And they're like, yeah, like, that's, like, there's something where there's a different, like, love comes in many forms, and relationships come in many forms. Yes. And that not every, every love is a burning desire of this is the person that excites me sexually, or this is the person that I, you know, just want to save, or all the many different reasons people fall in love. But that, like, in this case, it almost feels like, oh, they were meant to be together, or their chemistry lines up. Because mm-hmm. of their kids, because of the family they're gonna that they already have in part, and how they're gonna develop that, um, and then where you get a flip side when you meet Una's father, 
who uh, is with a woman um, who you find out they've they're together, they're in love, but they're not meant to be together. They their timers don't match, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Well, fuck it, we're happy." Um, it's yeah, it it asks a lot of questions, and that's what I think is really one of the many things I think is really neat about this movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, the and something. Uh, we won't like the. As I say that, it makes the ending is. Um, I don't want to say troubling. I think the ending could be interpreted as being troubling. I could see that. I guess. Are you going to tell me why? Um. <coughs> I, I I want. I do want to spoil the movie. I'm just wondering okay. if you should talk about. Other things before we do. Or do okay. Go whole hog on it. We're gonna whole hog it. All right. Whole hog. Yeah. So yeah. We both recommend it. If you if you've been listening to this point and you have not seen the movie, then pause. Uh, go to Netflix for the next hundred minutes. Watch the movie, and then come back because uh, we are gonna spoil. So now spoil. So uh, Steph has Steph's thing, as we said, is that. Um, Steph is not going to meet, you know, her quote unquote, soul, which also do you, like, do you think soulmates a stupid term? Yes. Yeah, I do too. Okay. Of just, course. Just making sure that we were both. Yeah. Like, I think it's a really stupid term. So they say like the one or like my one or something. Bullshit. The, for so many the, pr- the problem is like, I've been in three super long term yeah. relationships and at the time i fully believed that, that those that those people were my one i would never give up those relationships mm-hmm. for my for anything so but i think that but i think the stupid movie points out that that yeah. that's a problem well, with the timer that people are throwing away the chance to experience well, other and things that's one of the things that i think i really took away from it this time yeah. was that i'm like you know what the movie i think one of the most important things the movie is dealing with <laughs> is not about the one, quote-unquote. It's yeah. about how important it is to fall in love and maybe get your heart broken. Mm-hmm. Like, a failed relationship is really, really important to helping, like, develop who you are as a person. Yeah. That for all of... I mean, and there are people... Hey, if you met your spouse when you were 15 and you guys went to the high school prom together and you got married out of college and you have five beautiful kids and you're happy, you're going to be together the rest of your life, that's awesome. Great for you. Really happy. I'm not saying that relationship is any less worthwhile. Um, but I know for me, I'm sure for you, I know for most of the people I know, where you know, I think of the other relationships you've been in that they teach you, like they teach you something about yourself and you grow and you regress and all these things. And having a relationship with a person, you know, it's even when it doesn't work, you, you come out of that with something. Whether it maybe you were it was terrible and you were abused and you come out of that saying that's not going to happen to me again, maybe it was great and it just the timing didn't work out and that person wanted kids and you didn't or so on and you yeah, out differently. But those things are really important in life. And Una's problem, I think, is that she's never 
had that because she's constantly been waiting for, you know, to meet the person that's going to be hers for the rest of her life. Yes. And that's what she ends up getting with Mikey, um, who is adorable. Um, yes. I think that actor does such a good job. I think that character is very endearing. Um, so he's like a couple what he's 22. Uh, he's a grocery store clerk and he's in a band and everything about like his roommates, I think is really like well done. And, um, and so suddenly she finds herself, you know, she, she starts dating him because his timer is going to be up in four months. And one of the kind of things everybody knows is like, oh, that's the best time to just, you know, because you can start sleeping with somebody and it's casual because you're not going to get that invested because, you know, within the year they're going to meet the one that's really meant for them. But of course that doesn't happen because he's wearing a fake timer and, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's one of those guys that doesn't believe in timers. And she is so unable to accept the fact that he might be the one without this validation. Yep. Um, And it's, you know, an issue of the society she's grown up in where, you know, this is kind of how you know things. And if he's not willing to do it, then she just can't take that leap of faith. Mm -hmm. And so then by the end of the movie, she's kind of, you know, she goes, she still can't take that leap of faith. Um, But I think the fact that she got so close to it, I think is really important to that character. Like, Mm -hmm. I think she comes out of that with something, even if it's kind of tragedy, um, you know, it, it's important for, I don't know. I think everybody should have your heart broken in your twenties at some point. Yeah. Um, and so then the other twist, if you will, meanwhile, Steph has, uh, so Steph basically, you know, she kind of sleeps around because she figures I don't want to get invested in anything. Um, and she happens to meet, uh, Desmond Harrington, who is funny and cute and, you know, he does not have a timer because his wife has died. So he doesn't, you know, kind of deal with that. And that's something that the movie doesn't explain. Like the question of like, well, if, you know, so was she not his one or so on? But anyway, um, but, you know, Steph and him kind of start, they're flirting, they're fun. She at first wants to set him up with Una, but that doesn't work out. And then finally, last minute, um, Una's timer goes off. His He gets a timer in part because he was so charmed by Steph that he decided to give love another shot. And what do you know? Una and him are meant to be together. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of that? Now, we say they're meant to be together. Their timers go off. It doesn't end with them walking out the sunset together. It's very awkward. It's uncomfortable. It's sad for everybody because all of a sudden four relationships are sort of thrown in the air. Um, But then she does see him the next day and this is kind of um, clearly they connect. Clearly they both, you know, that if you put these two together on a blind date, they would click. But it's not necessarily like a slam dunk. It kind of ends with them being like, okay, well, I guess I'll see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but where do you – How? Tell, tell me your thoughts on the, on the ending. Um, I think if you write down the ending and tell somebody that that's how this movie ends, it's like, ugh, really? Yeah. But in, in practice, I, it didn't bother me that much. I think things are handled really well. I agree. 
uh, be- between her and Mikey, like that relationship dissol- dissolving. And I think that relationship is really important. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that they acknowledge that it was really important is great. Um, I think the fact that Mikey is like, he kind of got what he wanted out of it. He never saw a reason to have a timer. Yeah. He he got to have this great relationship and this great experience and grow and change from it. Um, I think things are handed, handled really well between Steph and Quinn from Dexter. I don't know his name. <laughs> Desmond Harrington. I just love that he has the like most British sounding name. He really does. But every time I see him in things, he kind of sounds like he's from Brooklyn. Yeah. He, I, thought, I thought things were handled really well between him and her because it was never like he was never like full on putting the moves on her, but he, he enjoyed her company and it was really sweet and poignant to say like, look, I met you and it opened up this possibility yeah. that maybe my life isn't over because my wife is gone. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was all handled really well. I don't, I guess like that kismet, like that, like meet cute aspect of like how Emma Caulfield and him meet is a little bit too cutesy for me or too like, uh Oh, what now? Like, ugh, I, I, I roll my eyes a little bit at that. But yeah, it is awkward. And it's more about Steph and Una's relationship at that yeah. point. That the way they're going to, like, you know, this new man and her are going to have this relationship. So her and Steph kind of figure things out. And then there is that, like, little cap at the end of, like, hey, maybe maybe there is something to this. Maybe we would get along. Yeah. Which it's it's Steph's initial thought that they would get along too yeah her first instinct when she meets him is hey you'd be great for my sister yeah so i think that goes a long way i look at that as not justification because it's a movie and also no one needs justification in these situations but justification for their relationship to be something actual like this this person met this guy and was like oh i think you and my sister I would like to introduce you to my sister. And I think that there was more to it than you don't have a timer. I think you should meet my sister. Mm-hmm. I think there was an actual reason for the setup. So it is kind of, it makes sense that in the end, like, oh, well, actually, look, you guys did get along. Well, yeah. Well, and it's what I, what I love that when they, when their timers go off and they're, you know, in a party, they're surrounded by everybody, mm-hmm. their first instinct isn't like, oh, oh, hi, oh, you're cute. Their first instinct is, oh, shit, Steph, oh, shit, Mikey. Yeah. It's, this thing has has now disrupted these other really important relationships in my life. Um, and it makes that next scene where, you know, um, it's, it's very funny. It's very where uh, Steph is sitting there depressed and she's eating the cake. <laughs> I, just, I like that moment because it's a really yeah. cake and she's just stabbing it. Um, but you know, Una's try, like apologizing to her and it's this like weird, like, you know, it's not really my fault, but I'm apologizing. And then Desmond Harrington comes in and like, he's trying to apologize, but he's, you know, and then it's very, um, you know, there's all this regret of like, God, I wish I'd never met you, but you're supposed to be my soulmate. But right now I really just don't want to look at your face right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's. It's very, I think in some ways it's that twist on the meet cute, I guess. Yeah. Because it's the, oh, you've met the man of your dreams, except fu- it's fucked everything else up. And right now I choose everything else. I don't choose that man. 
and and she really never does specifically. Yeah, which I think is key. That you know, because she, she kind of says like, "I'll you know, I'll I'll walk away." And it's, you know, in this universe that's silly because this, you know, we know this works and everything. Um, but it it says a lot for those characters that they're not about to throw it away on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get that, you know, that which I think is, like you were saying, is a great scene with her and Mikey. Their, you know, their breakup. And it's, and, and that's where I think for me where I started to realize I'm like, I think for me this is what this movie is about and I think this movie could be about a lot like I think other people could take it differently um, but I and I think the movie's playing with a lot of different themes and questions but for me I walk away I'm like you know what if I had to say what the most important thing I walked away with was I think it's that it's the importance of failed relationships in your life mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it makes a grand case for opening your heart up and having it broken. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Yeah. Um the it's so this came out 2009 which I think is I guess like internet dating is is popular then. It's not quite what it is now where mm-hmm. now it's just like now I think the stigma's finally gone and now it's like everybody if you're single it's assumed that you're on one of various sites. Yeah. Um 2009 it's still like it's out there but I think there's still like a novelty to it. Mm-hmm. But I think this kind of uh almost anticipates more of that in a way cuz like the way I guess is it eHarmony where it's very formulized of um oh if you like this kind of food and if you like this that's how they match you and stuff. And there's, uh, I'm a huge advocate for online dating. That's that's how I met my husband. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's like it makes so much more sense to me as somebody who, um, you know, communicate like doesn't go to bars to meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the I guess the the downside that I think like one could interpret this movie as looking at is the when it becomes very easy to look at somebody on paper and check off a list of things you need to have about the person. Mm-hmm. I think that's in a sense what like you could look at the timer as being like, it's saying, you know, these two people aren't compatible because who knows why. And when you meet Una's parents or her dad and you see, you know, he's with a woman who, according to the science of this time, he's not meant to be with mm-hmm. they say, fuck it. And they seem happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I like the way everything is established. Um, they basically establish in the opening credits, they kind of do a commercial for the timer. And I think they do a great job of within five minutes telling you everything you need to know about this world and how it works. Yep. I like the way it's sort of done like a, like a Best Buy or like Apple Store. <laughs> Like you, you walk in and here's the company that does it, and yeah, it's very cool. Like I, I like that. I don't know. I think it gives a good, like ease, like because it is kind of high concept sci-fi, but it's also like oh, but they could be a Target employee. No, I, I, I agree. I, I liked this that that too. Every time there's interactions in the store itself, yeah, it was really cool and really interesting. And also, her friend at the store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alfred. 
frick. It's so exciting. I love that. Buffy, it was... anybody, for those who don't know, uh, the actress who plays the main employee at the store is Hal Freck from Buffy. Yeah. Who was like Anya's frenemy. So. Love it. Me too. Uh, and they also, they like established just like kind of showing, you know, like as they kind of do a pan, that it works for gay relationships too. Yeah. Which, like, again, they just, I think it's, I'm really happy they do that. Um, Because it's just one of those, like, I think that could be a question when you're watching it. Like, oh, well, what if uh, I'm straight? What if I'm gay? It's like, no, 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 they know that. Like, you, they'll they'll read who you're, who it's supposed to be. Um, And then there is, because you see the flip side with their little brother who just turns 14 or 15. I forget when you get the timer. But he gets his timer, and then that very day, he meets the person that he's going to marry, and it is the housekeeper's daughter. Yeah, that doesn't go over well either. It's, again, like, I kind of, like, I, I, I like that that's in there. Yeah. Like, it's, I think some could kind of look at that storyline as being a little bit, like, simple in terms of kind of, oh, they speak Spanish, and the parents don't, and um, there's all these cultural uh, confusion but I think it's like it, it's it's playing with that and it's making the white people kind of silly. Yeah. Um, and and like and then it kind of opens that other idea of okay, what if you meet your future spouse and you know this and you're only fourteen? Now what? And that just sounds like a nightmare to me. It does to me too, man. Ugh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't seem awesome. People out, and I know people out there have done it, and it's worked for them. And, <laughs> but man, like, I, I, I'm embarrassed by who, like, by myself at 25. Like, imagine your partner knowing you when you were 14. Yep. Yeah. I used to wear chokers mm. back then. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be with the person that that 14 year old me picked because it was an awful idea. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's it, it's a very interesting movie, and I think it's good to get conversation going. Like, even if you're not super into it, or you feel like there's a... It'll give you something to talk about, even if you don't fall on the side of really enjoying it. Yeah, and I think, like, I think it is just... I think it's very funny. I think it has a... Um, a very good sense of humor about itself. Like it's a movie like you chuckle a lot at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like what's funny about it is you can watch it with like film people. And I think you could watch it with a group of women who were like deciding between this and runaway bride. Yeah. Like I think it could kind of masquerade in, in both places in both circles and get really good conversations that are very different from different people. Because I think there are some people that will walk away and say, well, f- fuck the timer, and that's the problem with the movie is people need to take that thing off. Or mm-hmm. or people who will say, okay, well, but how would you live if you knew you were not going to, you know, meet your person until this age? Or, you know, if you knew you wanted kids and you wanted a family and you're 30 and you have absolutely no idea who that's – if you're ever going to find that person. Yep. Um, it's it, – it suggests a lot and it makes you think a lot. But I, but it also has, I don't know, like really poignant things to say. Um, I agree. Yeah. it's It grew for me on the second viewing. Like I, 
I think I appreciate it more, again, maybe because in part I was able to kind of take that one theme that I wanted to latch on to and kind of say, like, yeah, no, I think this is here. Um, yeah, so, like, I can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, yep. Um, Me too. Yeah. The director, this is exciting. The director is next. Um, so, Jack, Sh- this is made very small budget of a film. Um, the director, she has not gotten to make another movie yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only been seven, eight years now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, Hollywood, you're doing great there. Um, but, and I don't know if this is still in action or not, she is listed as um, being the announced screenwriter for the remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Rebel Wilson. Oh, really? Yes. And I really like that the title of it is Nasty Women. Love it. Yeah. I really hope that works out for her. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, I think it's, I, I know she's done things with, I think, like Tribeca Film Festival and she's done shorts. Like, I, I'm sure she's one of those filmmakers and there's a lot of them out there who like are working and stuff, but just don't get features. Mm-hmm. But it's really a shame because this, like, this to me is the kind of movie that just is like so skillful in a lot of different ways that are very underappreciated in how it does female characters and how it does friendship and how it kind of balances this crazy high concept with a very normal um, but established setting and everything else. And it's kind of a shame that that she's only gotten to do one film. Yes, I would say so. Yes. So do you have any more to say about Timer? I don't think so. Now I have to ask the question. Let's what? say we live in a world where since 1980, let's say, mm-hmm. we grew up and the world was already um, using timers. Yes. Do you think you would have gotten one? Yeah, and I would have removed it. You would have removed it? Yes. Yeah. If I absolutely would have gotten one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have. I like to think, like... It makes you think of the, there's that great Twilight Zone episode. Um, I can't remember the name of it, uh, but it's the one where in the future, like when you turn a certain age, you get plastic surgery and you can look like one of eight people, and they're all beautiful. Uh, number twelve looks just number like 12 you. Looks just me. That's it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> like that one where like you watch it and you're like, oh well, like I- I'm an you know I'm an individualist. I wouldn't do that. But then you're like, yeah, but I'm so insecure. Like I would totally yep. do that. I would no. I would I would have gotten it, but I would have thought. At some point, I don't know, my mid-20s, my late-20s, I would have been like, nope, getting it removed. Yeah. Fuck this shit. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, that's, I would probably agree with that. Yeah. yeah I'm not, like, I'm, I'm like, not going to say I wouldn't have because I know I would have. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know, like, you'd be so pressure. Like, I don't know if you're, like, family, my, I feel like all, like, family and friends would be like, you got to get a timer. <laughs> um, that's how all they, that's how they talk in Long Island. Um, so you'd have that pressure. You'd, you'd have the, I don't know, just like the sadness of like, I don't know, maybe there's, no, there must be somebody for me. I'll get a timer. It'll show them all. Uh-huh. But Yep. I would have just been like, oh, I'm so sad. Aww. Please someone t- reassure me that I'm not awful. <laughs> that one day there's somebody for me. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well. Thankfully, we'll never have to deal with that. 
Uh, or will we? Dun dun dun! Timer coming in 2018. <laughs> All right. So quality of film. Eight. Yeah, I'm gonna go eight point five. I I really dig it. Um, yeah, and I think it's really well done for the kind of movie it is, and I think it's uh, a great example of how to do a lot of things in a genre that is normally um, done very lazily, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and quality of life. Probably eight. Yeah, I'll go eight. Yeah. I'll bump it up a little and go 8.75 because I've, I've enjoy, I enjoy the movie. I think the movie, it's a movie I could have on in the background. It's funny. It's charming. Um, but it does. It leaves me with lots of questions, which I think yeah. is Yeah, it's a good thing, mm-hmm. I would All say. Right. Um I mean, would have been better if it was set in a tiger house. Let's face it. Ugh, what wouldn't be better? <laughs> I want to see a step-up movie set in tiger house. I want to see every movie set in tiger house. <laughs> set tiger house, yeah. The ne- I, th- I hear the next Batman movie is going to be set Santa in Santa Paws 3, tiger house. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, that is Timer. Recommended on Netflix Instant. Um, now, speaking of Netflix Instant, any streaming recommendations that you have for the world today? I do have a streaming recommendation. I think that it was streaming on Amazon Prime, though? Okay, that's okay. I don't know. I don't remember where it's streaming, but it's called The Monster. Do you know anything about this movie? The title sounds familiar. Okay, I said earlier, I paused because you said monster, and I was like, oh, we're not talking about the same movie. Um, Hold on. Oh, no. Phone, don't beep at me. I heard that. My phone went bloop. That sounded like your timer went off. (laughs) Is it Zach? Is it Zach? (laughs) That's very funny. No, it's my. I wanted to get more information about the monster because it's such a kind of title to find. Yeah. So I know somebody that watched it and said that they didn't like it. And so we were kind of putting it off because it had kind of gotten such a crappy rating. Okay. And like feedback. So it's like a 5.3 on IMDb. Um, The synopsis is a mother and daughter must confront a terrifying monster when they break down on a deserted road. Um, So it's about a really crappy mother who has a little kid, a little girl, and she's not the best mom and she does not have her shit together. And she does not know how to take care of this little girl. And this little girl is way too old for her age. And so there's all this conflict and all this drama between the two of them. And Mm -hmm. like the mother's drunk in the morning and the little girl has to feed herself, like, like some real shit, like really interesting. And then they're on a road and there's a monster. And it's, like, how they deal and how they interact and how, like, you know, they have to step up and assume different roles. I thought it was fucking tremendous. Interesting. Anybody, I haven't and is it American? It is American. It is from 2016, apparently, which I didn't realize it was that recent. So, Zoe Kazan? Oh, yeah. That's, um, I know her. Not personally, but I know of her. Yeah. She's a Kazan great-granddaughter or something. She's crazy familiar looking, but I, I, there's not one thing for it's me that... Like a lot of indie movies. Yeah, it's not something that really sticks out as, like, the thing that I know her from. Is she in the, um, the, um, the Oregon Trail movie with Michelle Williams? Meek's Cutoff? Yes. 
She is. Yes, I'm yes, on her. Okay. No. So she's been she's been around. She was in Me and Orson Welles, which is a movie that I really like. So like she's super familiar. Boy, is she good in this. Hmm. Is she the mother? She is the mother. Okay. Interesting. I will give it a go. I have I I, I liked it so much, but I could see why somebody wouldn't because okay. you think it's going to be a monster movie, but it's like a really intense character study about these two women who don't really fit into the roles that they're forced into. Okay. All right. Good. good I don't know, man. You should watch it. I get the feeling it would be better if they were trapped in a tiger house. Oh, what would it be? Nothing wouldn't be improved (laughs) by a tiger house. Uh, All right. My recommend is just purely me looking at Netflix Instant and seeing what was on there and thinking, having just watched The Arrival or Arrival, I don't think there's a the in the title, um, but there is a the in The Day the Earth Stood Still, the original. I thought you were going to say the Keanu Reeves one. No, I would not say the Keanu Reeves one. I haven't seen it. Uh, I saw parts of it and I felt, I'm like, this is really boring. Excuse but me. the original, bless you, is not. The original's great. Uh, if you have not watched it, it is really worth sitting down and watching. Um, in it, and it, as soon as I saw Arrival and like it, it, many times throughout that movie, I was thinking about this one. Um, with the state of the world being what it is, uh, I think it's very timely in a lot of ways. It's just mm-hmm. very much addressing the idea of hey, we don't have to be at war with each other. There is a, you know, that our nature as human beings is maybe peaceful, not war and awful. Mm. Um, So I think there is, I don't know, I just, it feels like a weirdly timely movie right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you haven't watched it, you can do so on Netflix. Good to know. I've not watched it as an adult. Ah, you know, you, you should. Okay. Okay. Any uh, thoughts since I started the pick last time? Anything burning at your heels of what you'd like to watch next time? Tiger House. <laughs> Wait, the movie's like the actual Tiger House? <laughs> I don't movie? know. Maybe. I'm not sure. It looks like it could be good. Is but it whatever. Word or two? Well, um, two, two, two words. words. Okay. Well, there's also Tigers About the House. Let's just watch house Tiger, of the Tiger King. <laughs> Um, Tiger House. Oh, Doug Ray Scott is in this movie. There you uh, go. Wait, is that the chick from the movie? That's the movie. That's the chick from Maze Runner. Yeah, Kelly it is. Sneaks into her boyfriend's house, but tonight she's not the only unwelcome visitor. As the situation spirals out of control, the suburban house becomes a terrifying arena for violence. But there's probably not a real tiger. I don't it. think there's a real tiger in there. I don't think so. Um, I mean, the cover doesn't show a tiger, and I feel like if you're going to have a movie with a tiger, you should put that in your... should lead with the tiger. All right, so we're going to wait. So we'll decide. <laughs> we don't have to really watch that. I mean, I don't really want to promise people Tiger House and then watch Tiger House and be complaining about there not being a tiger for yeah. the entire episode, which, let's face it, it's going to happen. Um, so why don't we wait to see if we find something better? Unless you hmm. have something else that you wanted to watch. No, I was yawning. I don't. I need to think about it. <laughs> you just put me to sleep. <laughs> it's not a reflection of you. I just don't feel. It's because well. this podcast is not a tiger house. You're not podcasting inside the tiger house. That's true. Everything's better with a tiger Isn't house. Isn't it weird that every time I see the commercial for Logan, which is on mute right now, I think that Hugh Jackman is Mel Gibson. 
That's not weird. With the beard, he, like, when you look face blindness-esque at him, uh-huh. it just looks like Mel Gibson with a beard. I could see that. It's weird. I hate Mel Gibson. He's a terrible human being. Hugh Jackman is a golden uh, idol of what a human being should be. Oh, you really, you really speak to my soul. I do. I do. It's a, it's a <laughs> good soul. That's why our timers would go off at the same time. Ah, It'd be very yay. confusing for all involved. Yep. Okay, so folks, if you wish to find us, come to the Tiger House. That is the Facebook group, the Feminine Critique. Or go to Twitter, where occasionally I remember that I have a Twitter account, and we sometimes use it for the show, and that is at Feminine Podcast. <laughs> yep. All of these things are true. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, uh, any any words of wisdom to send the people off with, Christine? Um, don't move to Texas and get bad allergies. Yeah. Uh, or if you do... Um, Move into Leave. a tiger house. Yeah. Live with a tiger. It'll a make tiger. everything better. It's At least you won't have time to think about it. Yeah, but then because... you might be like sneezing and sniffing and the tiger is right there. And then he hears, like you're trying to hide, but then you sneeze and the tiger hears you. Well, that's a good point. Although my cat's like meowing angrily. She's trying to tell me about tigers. But again, I don't speak cat. Um, she needs to get it together and learn English already. Well, she's actually French. So even tell that, tell that cat I want my country back. Angelique, no. did you hear what no. Christine said? Don't say that. Poor thing. No, that's mean. I didn't mean it. Okay. Um, I will say, now that I think about it, there was one thing I forgot to ask about Tiger House. Uh, so does like, the tiger smell them or not? I think so. Because, like, they'd be in the room, like, right near the tiger, but the tiger wouldn't know they're there because they're, like, hiding behind something. But uh, wouldn't the tiger smell them? I think so, yes. Yeah, I thought so, too. I would say so. It, the, the science of Tiger House needed a little bit of work. I, look, I said I don't think that's how tigers or autism. autism tigers <laughs> or wife-killing works. Yeah. Okay, folks, you enjoy the rest of your February. We'll be back at some point. Woo! Crooked river follows a path of least resistance. I went in the wrong place at the right time where I didn't have any business. Temptation. Forgiveness. Love is only as strong as your weakest moment, and in that moment.